Welcome to Nerds of the Round Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. Nah, I'm Sammy. And on this episode, uh, we are not reviewing Twister. No. Um, and <laughs> I was accused by a co-host of another show of uh, picking this movie in poor taste. Um, we make our schedules an entire year in advance. So, um, so Twister was chosen... An entire year ago. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately this week, um, our, our state was ravaged by a series of tornadoes. And there were a great many deaths in our state. And it seems to be in, in very poor taste um, to discuss that movie in any way. And so we are uh, tap dancing away from that as fast as we possibly can. <laughs> and uh, we just want any any of our listeners who are in our geographical area um you know our thoughts and prayers go out to all the people who are suffering um a lot of communities are in a a bad way right now there's a lot of folks who are grieving and a lot of lives are never going to be the same and so our 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 hearts are um aching with you and for you yeah definitely yeah definitely uh go out to those communities but you know on a lighter note we want to look forward to a few things uh, and maybe bring you guys a uh a top 10 of some stuff that we've enjoyed this year. Um, almost uh, an extended keeping at 100 as we look at, you know, stuff that we've we've enjoyed uh, throughout our nerddom this year. But before we get into our top 10, let's go ahead and keep it 100. It's time to keep it 100. 100. 100. 100. Okay, and by the way, it was Josh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just out him. It was Josh. You <laughs> 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 made that accusation. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, as as we as a throwing out keeping one hundreds now, um, I just I have personally found in times of trial, just the, I mean, I, a lot of pop culture gets accused of just being pure escapism. Sometimes there is extreme value in escapism, um, transporting us away from our pain. To, mm-hmm. to another world where we can escape that those trials for a while. I, I found to be a powerful experience. So we are recommending some of that this week. Um, okay, I'm going to start my timer now. And my Keeping 100 this week is a comic book series called Black Hammer Reborn. Anybody who knows uh, any seconds of podcasts I've done uh, knows this is my favorite comic book series of all time by my favorite writer, uh, comic book writer of all time. And he recently brought Black Hammer back. So Lucy Weber now has the hammer again. She's back in uniform. And it is a... <laughs> it's Jeff Lemire doing Black Hammer. It's weird. Um, so, but it is... It's it's interesting. Like it's kind of a sideways way to get back into the story. To get back into Spiral City in that world. Um, and it's... Once again, it's thought-provoking. And so the first four-issue story arc is finished. And stuff goes down. And so if, if you've read Black Hammer in the past and you've kind of fallen off the wagon because the main series went cold for a long time. He, he wrapped up Age of Doom and then he was done and was, was just doing, you know, miniseries. Well, now we're back to the main storyline, to the main characters and stuff's happening. It's really interesting. So if you, if you read the first main run of Black Hammer and have been reading the miniseries, you can jump right back on and it is compelling reading once again. Yes, <laughs> Black Hammer, Age of Doom. By keeping 100. Not Age of Doom. Uh, Reborn. 
the, the new Black Hammer. Whatever it's called. <laughs> that thing. <laughs> well, that, right. this seems to be the trend right now, doesn't it? Matrix Resurrections. You know, I mean, it's the, the, that's the trend right now. Yeah. So bring it all back. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, yeah, see? Yeah. Bring it all back. Well, if there is a property to be remade, it seems that uh, pop culture is all about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, for my keeping it 100, I'm going to Audible. If you have an Audible subscription, if you're a fan of music, do yourselves a favor. Go check out their series, Words and Music. They have pop artists uh, rock artists, uh, singers, songwriters, they kind of tell a little story about portions of their life and they intertwine it with their songs. Uh, they have such artists as Eddie Vedder, Carly Simon, uh, James Taylor, Sting, Billy Joe Armstrong, uh, Elvis Costello, all of these people. And um, so James Taylor's talking about like his early lifetime and he's weaving that through some of his music. Eddie Vedder's talking about the time he he moved to Seattle to join Pearl Jam uh, and, and those things. It's really, really interesting. You get some great jams, some great insight, and some really cool stories uh, from these creative people that uh, hopefully we're all fans of and have enjoyed their music. But Audible, and you know, this is available without additional costs. It's just it's included with your subscription. So you can consume that as, as you wish. Uh, I downloaded about 12 of them just the other night <laughs> you know, to, to check out. So uh, it's on audible.com uh, if you're not subscribed. I highly recommend that service anyway. But uh, words and music, just to do a search for that, and you'll come up with a whole great list. All right. Well, well Dwayne, that, that does sound interesting, though. But All right. So um, I will start my timer, and I'm going to get my Kiva to 100 rolling. Uh, you know, much like our very contentious discussion of King Arthur last week, uh, my Keep It in 100 this time is also an often-mined literary character. Uh, this is arguably the most recognized detective in literature, Sherlock Holmes. And one of the Holmes stories that always tends to get traction in the movies is The Hound of the Baskervilles. And I finally got to watch the version of this classic tale that has always eluded my gaze. In 1959, Hammer Studios released their version with duo Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Cushing portrays Holmes, while Lee is the cursed heir, Sir Henry Baskervilles. Of course, this has all the tenets of one that one would expect from Hammer, but it proved to be a very interesting vision of this story. Uh, this would actually be Cushing's only cinematic portrayal of Holmes. Uh, he would follow up and do 16 episodes of a television series in 1968. But this was really it. So this was kind of a cool, cool place to see Cushing. Uh, so Hammer's The Hound of the Baskervilles is available on Amazon Prime. And that makes my Keeping It 100 this week. All right. We all stayed on brand. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so interesting how we always circle back to, uh, to the things. Well, well, I was struggling to find something. And last night I, I'm flipping through Amazon Prime and I'm like, oh, they've got that version. I've not watched it before. And so, of course, 
11 o'clock last night. I'm watching this movie. Go ahead. <laughs> cool, cool. Cool, cool. Well, guys, since we don't really have a, a, a way to, like, you know, open our thoughts and grades about this, uh, I know uh, we've all uh, experienced different things this year. I know uh, as, as you know, the COVID uh, pandemic is possibly evening out or something, you know, it's, we're, we're finding a way to deal with it and live with it. And, you know, pop culture is coming back around. A lot of things have been released Um Movie theaters are you're becoming a thing again. Uh, some some you know things are opening up uh, in society wise, and we've all enjoyed uh, and experienced some stuff that we want to share with our audience this year that we haven't necessarily uh, you know brought up in reviews or things. So uh, I think this was the uh, thoughts behind this top ten, right, Jamie? Well, yeah. Well, also is we need to do something fast. <laughs> <laughs> But in, in, in the past, we've done sort of retrospectives, like, you know, um, you know, what was the, the best, you know, I think it mostly was more podcast based, like what, mm-hmm. what the you know best things we had reviewed kind of deal. So, you know, yeah. it, was, it was a way to like, you know, <laughs> put an episode together quickly. Um, but also, it's interesting to look back over the over over a year and what what were the the because we're I mean, we're nerds. I mean, obviously, I mean, <laughs> it's in the name of the show. So um, it's right in the name. But uh this is a way for us to sort of look back and reflect, but also to compare, see what, what, you know, what were we into this year and what were the things like, how high are things going to be on your list versus mine? And mm-hmm. I mean, a, a way to compare notes like that is, is interesting. And as we, you know, we said, we, we kind of circled back to the same things like, you know, world fraud and ground for keeping 100. So I'm curious, you know, is it going to be the, you know, how's that going to impact like a whole year's of reflection? So the, it's a, it's a curious thing to look back. On stuff like that, so I, I think that was the kind of the, the the genesis of the idea behind it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into our top ten year-end countdown. All right, and I am leading off. Okay. This year, I spent a lot of time discovering and even revisiting some stuff and and really i want to bring it lot on my as my number 10 to uh, some things i revisited you know, some classics uh treasure island the dark tower the hunt for Red october uh you know all of these classic books just <laughs> just checking this stuff off my list uh that that i've you know enjoyed in the past and have kind of you know a couple of years have passed just getting back into those so the classics, the, the classics, the classics, just all of them are your, is your number two. <laughs> well, yeah, well, just revisiting, yeah, just revisiting some of these old things. And, and I've got a couple of these on here. So yeah, just, just revisiting some, some old films. I think of all the cheating that any of us have ever done on the show, I think that's the biggest one. <laughs> the classics. The classics. <laughs> He's catching up on his dickens. <laughs> You'll see a theme through my countdown. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Say what you're doing. All right, guys. Um, 
I have a really tough time rounding this out. A lot of things made top 10 and then got knocked out as I started thinking of other things. Um, so I started my top 10 with Black Widow. Um, you know, we'd been waiting a long time through the pandemic to finally see Black Widow. Um, and even though it wasn't perfect, it was fun. And it gave us Yelena. And for me, that that was a really high point of, of the movie. I thought Florence Pugh in that movie did a fantastic job. Uh, and I'm glad that we're maybe starting to see some more of her, you know, very soon. So I went Black Widow to start out my top ten. Mm-hmm. That may come back up later. <laughs> um, my number ten is Invincible, the cartoon. Um I didn't know what to expect from it because it is because <laughs> you think cartoon, you think family friendly, you know, fair. Um, I had read some of the comic. I, I'm not I'm not finished with the series, but I knew that this was not a family friendly series. So I was really curious how, how if they were going to like you know, try to make a PG-13 version or not, what was the art style going to work? work? You know, how, 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 how are they going to make that comic book work as an animated series? And it was very good. And they really did some creative rearranging of plot points. And I just thought that they did a really good job with it. And it, it's a, it's its own, you know, it's its own thing, but it is, but you, it has the same vibe and feel of the comic book series. I thought it was really well done. Well, my number nine, and uh, um, this was my keeping 100 last week. But, uh, you know, dis- discovering, I'd heard such, so much about this. And until recently, I've not been able to find it. But finding and watching Jodorowsky's Dune and seeing that vision for that mess of a, of a thing that he was going to create, uh, you know, it was, was so interesting and enlightening. Uh, but, yeah, just exploring that. I will be getting to that shortly. Yes, and if we can figure out how to do that watch party, I think we all should. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be. I think that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> all right, um, I'm going to stick in the MCU for my number nine, um, and I'm going to go to Disney Plus this time, and I'm going to go with What If. Now, I'm very critical of a lot of What If, but they did give us Captain Carter. So I am totally on board with, with uh, Peggy Carter as that character, uh, bringing H- Haley Atwell back to voice the, the character. I just, like I said, no matter if you liked What If or not, I dug Captain Carter. I just thought she was awesome. Oh, yeah. That was my favorite episode. I mean, I didn't even watch them all. And, I, and it seems, it's weird. That's the one that everybody seems to like not like on all the mm-hmm. reviews I've seen. Yep. That one I thought was head and shoulders above the rest. Mm-hmm. Agree. I agree. I um, I'm on board with that. And I did find out this week she's getting a five-issue miniseries coming in March. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Well, nice. she was in the Exiles for a while. Mm-hmm. Along with yep. Becky Barnes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that series got weird. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, my number nine is something we've discussed several times here. Star Wars Visions. Um, I had no idea what to expect when that was announced. Um, and and some of the episodes, I you know, it was a you know, it's different creative teams every episode, so, so and they weren't. It was very uneven. But three or four of those things, 
absolutely knock my socks off and we're really creative reimaginings of what star Wars could be. Um, and I just, I loved it. And I, if they wanted to do a whole nother series of different, you know, creative teams taking another crack at it, I mean, or even follow-ups to some of those, with some of those same characters, I, I'd be all in on it. I, I loved it. Yeah. Well, Jamie, your number not is my number eight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Star Wars Visions, you know, you, you talked about uh, the different creative teams and the reimagining of what Star Wars could be. And I know that's been a huge discussion with the Disney purchase and the production of some of their movies. But, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, one, two, three. You can have these different stories. But I think what a lot of these done was it really captured the heart of what Star Wars was. You know, even you had very different stylistic uh, types of storytelling, uh, very different visual styles. Uh, I, I think that uh, most of them really kept the spirit of Star Wars. But there were even like one or two that I didn't care for. But they were they were they were so like interesting though, and even mm-hmm. the ways that they felt like they were wrongheaded, like they were still interesting, and in the, like the directions they had taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Very very interesting takes. I agree completely, and that's why that's my number eight. Also, Star Wars <laughs> Visions. Um, you know, I think we t- we talked about it out in the news when we were first discussing reactions to this, and it's that idea of both calling back to George Lucas's original vision and things that that influenced him from Kurosawa, but you also get to me classic nods to classic anime, um, dealing back as far as Astro Boy and things along those those lines kind of play into that. And it was just a cool imagining. And, and I know for me personally, it got a lot of students who were not really Star Wars fans, but were anime fans. Who actually watched it and checked it out? So I thought that was cool. Very. You think you think they're going to do another season of it? I hope so. Yeah. Um. I I really hope they do. Uh. I haven't heard or seen anything um, about it, and it's such a unique undertaking. Um. You know, uh, it was seemed almost like such an experiment that I um I think they're still processing it. You know, but uh, but I really I really would like would love to s- explore more of those worlds, and more of that anime manga vision toward the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, my number eight is a hybrid. I'm going Hawkeye, but because of the the way we prepared on on graphically novel for Hawkeye, I got to reread. All of the Fraction Run right before we was, began watching the series based on the Fraction Run. And for me, that's a home run. I mean, the, the Fraction Aja series on Hawkeye is one of my favorite comic book series. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite Marvel series. And getting to reread that and re, you know, re-experience that um, and then watch it, <laughs> you know, done in live action. And, and and compare and contrast, you know, because Hawkeye in the in the MCU was a very different guy. Um, he's way more put together. His life is much less messy. Um, and and Kate Bishop is a slightly different character. She's coming from a different place, and it's it's inter- I mean, it just the the combination of having recently reread the series and then watching it, you know, 
as it's coming out, it's it's made for a really interesting experience. So yeah, so Hawkeye's my number eight. Awesome. Cool. Well, I know a couple weeks ago we reviewed V for Vendetta. Made a couple references to George Orwell's 1984. And during that time, I realized I've never read this book. I knew what it was about. I kind of knew the overview, kind of kind of had the story. So I thought that might have been enough. But, you know, the discussion got me thinking, maybe I need to check this out. So went to my local library app, downloaded it, and listened to it. And, you know, it, it really is telling of, of what a classic is, of what, uh, you know, a vision of the future can do. And, you know, looking back, uh, comparing and contrasting to where we are today in society and how this has impacted storytelling. Uh, very, very interesting. Uh, but in 1984, uh, my first venture through that uh, was really cool. A bleak classic. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, very, very bleak, but, you know, it really uh, established that, you know, like you said, that bleak uh, totalitarian storytelling. And as I tongue twister, I would suggest also check out Huxley's Brave New World. Okay. Would also be one that that I think you would you would like just based on that. So. And read them close together would be very yeah. uh, an interesting read. Okay, uh-huh. okay. So I have a so I'm getting reading assignments here from a fifth grade uh, teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Dwayne, your number seven. You went really classic. I went classic too, but I went with a a classic that I had never watched until this year. And thanks to Jamie, I now own a copy of Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> This movie had missed my radar completely. It should have been there between John Carpenter, between Kurt Russell. It should have been watched many, many years ago. But it is now watched, and it is a prize piece of my movie collection. That's awesome. So, Big Trouble in Little China makes my number seven, Jets. It's too low. We have to talk when this is over now. Um, <laughs> well, my number seven is not as good as Sammy's. Um, <laughs> Sammy's got the real number one here. Um, I'm going Black Widow. Um, there was a, I had a lot of anticipation uh, for this movie, and and as much as I, you know, everybody loves Scarlett Johansson. She's great, um, and I thought this was going to be a, a sort of a a time to reflect back on what what she didn't get to do before her character died in uh, the last Avengers movies. And it, I still love the movie, but it wasn't that at all because David Harbour <laughs> and Florence Pugh <laughs> stole the movie from her. Stole the movie. <laughs> it still fits. <laughs> it was so good. And it was funnier than I thought it would be. Um, and even though I think it was a little bit wrongheaded, the whole family dynamic they gave her um, was really compelling. Um so yeah, I, I really, I mean, I mean, it does what some, you know, ha- what happens to too many MCU movies. The third act kind of falls apart a little bit, but 
I, I thought it was a really good movie, and it was a, I think it was a really nice send off to that character. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. <clears throat> well, my next couple is going to be really strange because it's it's not really something that I've watched or, or read or listened to. It's it's something that I'm experienced and experiencing. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, I'm, I, I do the production and editing uh, on this show here. But just being able to continue to to learn and and expand, and hopefully uh, you you know or listeners and you guys are noticing, hopefully things are getting a little bit better, a little bit cleaner, a little bit more worked out. But just being able to learn and continue to tweak in this audio realm, uh, the technological part of it, uh, has been very very interesting and and kind of a highlight of my year. It's something I've I've really delved into and and learn some new things so just a personal little thing well i'll keep doing my part to make sure you got stuff to clean up and practice on <laughs> <laughs> i think i think skype on the internet does that enough for us well, i was gonna say between you muting a minute ago and then <laughs> i forgot to silence my phone so canine went off there so yeah dwayne's got his work cut out for him <laughs> my dog my dog barking in the background yeah <laughs> All right. Um, so my number six, uh, I've got my last MCU entry. Uh, and I went with Loki at number six. Uh, just seeing Tom Hiddleston back in that role and being able to really stretch the role of Loki and find some humor as well as, you know, just some fun stories. You know, I mean, obviously, everybody was hanging their hopes on the multiverse with this thing, but it's okay. But I, I just really enjoyed seeing all those versions. And uh, like I said, just having Hiddleston back was cool. It didn't make my list, but it was on, you know, a runner up. Um, yeah. It was a good show. And um, we didn't have to say goodbye to Hiddleston that way. I thought it was, I thought, I thought it was going to be the end that it was, mm-hmm. you know, a send off to him and that character. And we're getting more. So that's cool. I mean, we even got the Thanos copter. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and alligator Loki. That's right. Yeah. One, my number six is my big cheat of the week. Um, manga. <laughs> <laughs> um, my my entire family doesn't read American comics, but they read manga voraciously. And so I finally gave in and started reading some this year. And I had a, I mean, it's not all for me. <laughs> There's vast walls of it that are just never <laughs> going to be my jam. <laughs> but I have, there's like three series in particular I've really sort of dipped my toe in. Um, and I wanted to highlight one of them just to show like, you know, this is the kind of thing that is out there. It's all you need is kill. And I think it was a keeping a hundred a couple weeks ago. But it's a, I think it's a 17 chapter uh, manga, which isn't that long. Manga reads really fast, um, and it's the basis for Edge of Tomorrow. And but once again, it's kind of like Invincible. Like it's 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 enough its own thing to make it interesting. You can compare and contrast. You, you can see this thing is so exciting and so intense. You can see why they wanted to make a movie of it. Um, so yeah, so manga in general, and all you need is kill is my number six. <laughs> In particular. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Well, my uh, number five 
is going to be uh, another kind of personal thing that isn't necessarily a, a, a franchise or something, but something I haven't done since before the pandemic. I attended a concert. Live music is becoming a thing again. So find a concert. Find a local band. Find a local venue. Find a national act coming through. And and go and experience that again. Uh, the the community, the uh, energy, the the release is really important, and and that creative outlet is is much much needed. So just continue to support, and make sure that this main, remains a viable uh, thing. You're on fire, you're cheating, bro. <laughs> the classics in general, all the of them, and live music. I mean, it's just just some things that I had to, you know. Got oh, mercy! At least they're good cheats. Good job. Yeah, they're good cheats. Cheats. <laughs> I think they're very good cheats, actually. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of the classics and live music. So <laughs> <laughs> haven't read a lot of manga though, but so. Um, so number five, all right, halfway through my list now. Um, I don't know if this is a cheat, but I did want to at least include it. Um, you know, for Doctor Who fans, you know, there are a lot of first and second Doctor stories that are missing. And for a few years now, they have been animating those and using the audio. So this year, we got two animated features bringing back the second Doctor stories, Fury from the Deep and Evil of the Daleks. So it's just really cool to see Patrick Troughton on screen, at least in animated form, and see those stories that were missing. All right. Well, that's, I mean, it's, it's before Eccleston, so I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not into it, but I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I've almost finished Evil of the Daleks. It's a seven-parter, so I, I'm I'm still working on through that one. So I do think it's interesting how they would do those longer stories mm-hmm. in classic here. I think I think it's interesting. I wonder if there's a way to do that again with with modern Who. But they do like the what's that? I said we'll talk about that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'll do that. Okay. Uh, well, staying on the British Isles, um, I discovered Ted Lasso this year. Um, I was late to the game, but it, it was in 2021 that I discovered the wonderful, precious little sunbeam that is Ted Lasso. And <laughs> I, I mean, it's a it's a weird show to describe and recommend, but it's just a an event. We live in a very cynical time, and to see a character who is in many ways a genuinely good person and and so earnest and sincere um and to see them make a positive influence to the people around them and it not be a joke and it not be something to sneer at and make fun of it was really really refreshing and it's just an amazing show good eye small fry (laughs) (laughs) see i couldn't use that when i watched season one in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was late to the game, but it's so worth it. it it's it just is. second season. Not as great as the first, but 
still great characters. If you just stop after the first season. I mean, if that's all you watch, it's it's well worth your time. Nerd alert! <laughs> okay. Well, <clears throat> I want to bring Lot as my number, we're on number four now, aren't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number four, the buddy cop genre. <laughs> just the whole genre buddy cop. <laughs> No, no, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Took the buddy cop uh, genre and really uh, turned it loose. You know, we, we loved their interaction in, uh, in you know, what was a Civil War. Uh, move, move the seat up. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and to see them come back together. Uh, I, I know, you know, the, the villains and stuff were kind of weird. We had uh, a couple of highlights, a couple of lowlights. Uh, the story was a little inconsistent, I think, with the filming during the pandemic. But I really think overall it was a great series and a great addition uh, with these two characters. And, yeah, give give me more Bucky and Sam any any day of the week, uh, that, that interaction. And, you know, and to see Sam at the end of it in that, you know, Captain America gear with the Falcon, uh, you know, twist on it. it was so cool it was so fun such a deserved i think twist to that and, yeah. and i'm a i'm a big fan of we, we call him captain falcon um yeah uh, <laughs> and to see him in the actual because that is comic book accurate almost mm-hmm. almost per to the stitch yeah that is the captain falcon captain america costume from the comics i mean my little nerdy heart i mean, <laughs> I mean it was over the moon when he showed up in that outfit mm-hmm. yep and and I love that Marvel are taking these, you know, and pretty close to comic accurate. Just just put it on screen. Yep. I don't know if the MCU's made one more accurate than that one. I mean, that is <laughs> yeah. the Sam Wilson Captain America costume. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So number four, Dwayne, you you went Buddy Cop on the screen. I'm going Buddy Cop on the pages, and I'm going blue and gold. My Blue Beetle and Booster Gold back together again. Uh, all the hilarity and hijinks that I love about these two characters when they get together. Um, Ted Cord's supposed to be one of the smartest men in the world, but you put him with with Michael Carter, and then you know he just goes off the rails. And I just I love that. Um, it's been a great series. I think there's three more issues to uh, finish it out. But but I've enjoyed it a lot. So blue and gold. I think we are staying on brand, fellas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's interesting. My number four is a different MCU show than you guys. I think we've all chosen different ones. I think that's interesting. Um, I'm going WandaVision for not my number four. I really loved it. I know it was very divisive. Not everybody loved it, um, especially how it began. Um I loved that show and, and getting to see, you know, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany really get to flakes and, you know, do those different, slightly different performances in each era that they walked through and, and how, how that sort of mystery played out. I know it's, it's, you know, everybody was mad. It wasn't Mephisto or whatever, but, um, but it's just, if you take the show for what it is and not what everyone wanted it to be and was hoping what all the secrets were going to be. And I know it was dumb. What? (laughs) Who, who he ended up being uh, not, you know, we weren't doing the multiverse, you know, <laughs> Quicksilver there, but 
I know that that was kind of a letdown, but just the show itself was just, was a really compelling show, and I, I think for a lot of people it was a reminder of, of the of what weekly television can be, all the water cooler talk and all the all the things the, the shared experience that can become. So I think I think One Division was a great show itself, but it was also a really good community experience. Yeah. Yep. I agree, though it broke me, and I've now quit speculating on everything, <laughs> especially the last episode of Hawkeye that I really want to speculate on. And I'm like, nope, 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 you can't do it. <laughs> Uncle's not who you think. Move on. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to have to get into Hawkeye. I have not watched the first episode yet. I really need to get uh, on the ball with my with my fandom. Yeah, uh, Hawkeye and uh, Shang-Chi are still... Uh, not building up on my watch list. I really need to get through those two. Really bad. But Jamie, I don't know if I'm behind you or ahead of you, but uh, my number three is One Division. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, it was so you didn't know what you were getting those first three episodes, and I know everybody like you know a lot of people really dove off the bandwagon. At that time, we're like, oh, I'm not, you know, this doesn't make any sense. You know, is, it, is it this? Is it that? You know, but you were getting uh, a, a really interesting foundation as to how the show was going to progress and what storytelling could be uh, in, a, in a modern, uh, you know, streaming story. Um, not, you know, a really different take on the format, uh, the, the blending of the, uh, of the classic television through the years as the story unfolded. Uh, through her experience and uh, her clinging to, you know, what she wanted reality to be. And uh, it really uh, changed a lot of things, I think, uh, in the the MCU and uh, their uh, ability and breadth of storytelling in general. I'm really curious how they're going to pull it all together. mm -hmm. Because there's a lot going on right now. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's, sure. that's yeah, that's that's you know what you're looking at. You know, uh, I know Loki has been discussed. Falcon Winter Soldier. We're talking about you know the even even you know the 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 kind of prequel that Black Widow was. Mm-hmm. You know how how it's going to tie into you know Spider Man and and Doctor Strange coming up. Yep. All right, gents. So number three. Well, I do have one more Doctor Who connection <laughs> and that was doctor who flux not the greatest name in the world but series, <laughs> it was essentially series 13 and jamie that's what they did it was six issues uh, of storyline part one part two part three through part six very similar to classic who um as opposed to kind of the one and done episodes of the two parters that we would see you know, both during RTD or Stephen Moffat's years. So we got a six-episode story. So it felt like a lot, like classic Who, I think. So, but, um, you know, and it was our last full series with Jody. So she's got three specials, New Year's, Easter, and then in October, the last special where she will regenerate and we'll get all the speculation for 14 coming up real soon. So... Richard Awadi is going to be a great doctor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so much. would love to see that. <laughs> uh, well, my number three is super on brand. 
Um, and a, maybe a little bit of a story um, would have to be told a little bit. So earlier this year, we were supposed to do a review of Rollerball. Um, but my brain forgot a couple of scenes from that movie. And so as I was rewatching it for that episode, I had to hurriedly <laughs> let my co-host know we cannot review Rollerball on the show. <laughs> But I still had a blast rewatching Rollerball, um, and it is one of those weird seventies. And I think it, I think it is a classic. I think it's a forgotten classic. Um, I think it's a really intelligent movie um, with some a couple of really compelling performances. And I think it's a smart movie. I think there's a lot of like social critique going on, um, but it doesn't lose the story it's telling in in doing the critique. And I think it's a it's a thoughtful movie, and a thought provoking movie, and there's some really cool. You know, super violent sports ball action. <laughs> <laughs> Ultra violence. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> With all of our looking back, I had to throw a little uh, Kubrick uh, reference in there. Good old ultra violence. Um, all right, my number two. I really don't know if I want this to be my number one or my number two. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I think there's one big movie we're all going to pick for either our number one or number two. Or also, I think we're all. Yeah, I think we're all kind of flip flopping with those. Okay. Yeah, my number two. Um, my number two. Uh, it's something I've talked about in the past. It's 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 a it's a not really. I guess it's more a modern classic in storytelling is uh, the Harry Potter series. Hmm. Um, I, I, I made it through, I made it through quite a few series this year, that being one of them and it being a highlight. And um, <clears throat> the gentleman, I forget his name on audible, but if you download the audible uh, books, uh, they have one narrator throughout and he has the voice perfect uh, of, of the timber of the characters of the story uh, elements, he he really brings it to life, um, and that's such a joyous listen. But just just the Harry Potter series, you know, and as you go through, you know, the middle to high school years, uh, I guess these uh, wizarding school, uh, so so much fun. And I completely agree with that narrator. I, that narrator is so good. I think it's Rob Iglis, something like that. I think it's spelled a little funny. Um, yeah. I'll, I will never read Harry Potter with my eyeballs again. <laughs> I will. I will. He. I will always have him read it to me from now on. Hmm. Interesting. Let me see if I can find it real quick here. All right, uh, Dwayne's looking. I'm going to go to do my number two because this could jeopardize my place even being on this show. So my number two is Dune. Um, and this obviously is the, the, the new, the, uh, Denis Villeneuve, um, movie. And, and it was just fabulous, you know, and getting to see it, you know, with, with you two fellows and, and being able to do go to the theater again and see a movie and do a reaction the way we did made it even more special. So, uh, Dune comes in at number two for me. Well, you're not as much trouble as you think, because Dune is also my number two. Okay. <laughs> and 
I, I still stand by my grade that that's an A plus movie. But the more I think about it, there's a couple of head scratching things in there. And I think it's gotten even more dependent on part two landing, you know, landing the ship well. Um, and there were some really interesting decisions. I, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I still think it's a, I mean, it is a masterful version of Dune. But I need to see how part two goes. Uh, <laughs> but it is it's just it's a it's visually stunning one of the most visually stunning movies i've seen in probably the last decade um there's some great performances in there i think it's Mo, Mo at his best um it's the perfect role for him um I, there's there's one uh, one person i think is completely miscast um and the more i think about that role the uh, the more i <laughs> more convinced i am but it is still it is still a really good movie. But I need to see part two and see how that goes. But I'm I'm more than happy to put it number two on my list. Okay. Well, that's very interesting. I'm really 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 interested to see where your guys' part one lands now because Dune was my part was my uh, number one. Uh, you know, one the theatrical experience uh, that I think that movie very much deserves and hopefully uh you know if you've seen it you get to see it at least once in in a theatrical setting just for the epic storytelling scale but you know Villeneuve, you know he, he he's he's got this pace he's got this vision and you know he he, he took an, another um franchise you know another uh, you know artist's vision and really made it his own but still kept it true to the Dune, uh, uh, I guess, feel and heart. Uh, so Dune, Dune is my number one. Yeah, I essentially have a tie. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to it. <laughs> my one, two, and three could have been shifted in any direction. Yeah. Um, so my number one gentleman, I bet you all could probably guess what this is. Zack Snyder's Justice League is totally my number one. Um, I've seen it again and watched about half of it again, because, you know, obviously it's almost five hours. So, um, <laughs> so I've watched about half of it again, and just I've, I just I loved it. I loved it from the first time I watched it. I even bought a physical copy just to have it on the shelf. Uh, so... Snyder's Justice League definitely hits my number one for this year. Would you like to see him brought back for more D- DCEU? Yes. Yes. Maybe his little ploy will work. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Give me Final Crisis. <laughs> <laughs> well, my number one is apparently just me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Shang-Chi. And the Legend of the Ten Rings. I loved that movie. And Shang Chi. I mean, as I'm, you know, I'm a big time Marvel reader. Have been, you know, off and on, you know, virtually my entire life. And he's a character I've never really cared for in the comics. He's just not one of my favorites. Um, and so I didn't. I won't say that I was like not looking forward to Shang Chi, but I was. I there was no excitement. Um, and so when I left that theater, um, I went on a ride. And I, that's one of the most fun movies I've seen in a long, long time. And 
I haven't left. I don't think I've left smiling that much after maybe <laughs> in a long time. I think with the um, the times we've been through recently, to have a movie that just had that much joy in it, and was that just that much of an adventure sort of fun movie to watch, um, I, I think I I probably just needed that. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people needed that. Yeah. And Definitely. yeah, I think the way they reimagined Shang Chi because he is not Shang Chi from the comics. Um, but the re- the reimagining of Shang Chi really really worked. And so Dwayne, you have to go watch Shang Chi. Yeah, that was on my list, Jamie. And then as I started thinking about other things, it kept getting uh-huh. pushed down. And but it was there because it is a fantastic movie. Well, uh, I think, and like I said, it launched to me. That was the launch of Phase Four. I, mean, I think a lot of it was just a surprise factor because I, I wasn't expecting much, and I had a great time. So I think I think just the the like the expectations being so exceeded, yeah, it pushed it up the charts for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Speaking of expectations, we want to draft some things we're looking forward to in the next year, gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Jamie, as this week was supposed to be your pick, you are leading off with draft. Okay, I've got, I've got to be strategic here. because I've got, I've got four things, and I want to get three out of the four of them. So I've got to be clever here. <laughs> And so number one, I'm going with Matt Reeves, the Batman. (laughs) (laughs) It is some of my favorite stuff, right? We've got Batman. And it looks like it's based on a combination of Batman Year One and Batman The Long Halloween. Two of my favorite Batman stories. And it's got Matt Reeves at the helm of the whole thing. Uh, My guy who's made one of my, you know, favorite, you know, of the most of the recent era of movies. He made War for the Planet of the Apes. Putting a guy with that much talent who can make a movie of that scope with that much emotion, um, giving him the reins of Batman. Uh, I really need to see this. I'm angry it's taken so long. Yeah. Very good pick. Very good pick. Yeah, and, I didn't and, mean to go on so long. I'm super excited. That's okay. It, it would have been <laughs> my number one pick. Also, <laughs> but, Strategery. Uh, Strategery. Uh, I'm, I'm going there's to a word. Yeah, there's the teacher. Teacher. There you go. Um, I'm going to stick in the DCEU, and I know nobody cares about this movie other than me. I cannot wait to see Black Adam. It's on my list. I Not mean, the only one. Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate, Hawkman, Black Adam. I mean, this this is right up my alley. These are some of my favorite characters. So I am so looking forward to uh, seeing The Rock as, as Black Adam. It was on my list. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not as excited as you are, I'm, I'm certain. But like, I'm, I'm really curious about this movie. <laughs> well, as we're all uh, reeling from uh, you know the, the repercussions of WandaVision and Loki, uh, and what it looks like to be you know Spider-Man's No Way Home, uh, impact on the Marvel Universe. I'm really interested interested to see where Thor, Love and Thunder lands. Uh, you know, you have the first two Thor movies kind of hit hit or miss with your with your view of them there. Uh, Ragnarok seemed to be a big comedic hit, uh, really changed the uh, view on Thor, but I'm really interested to see where Love and Thunder lands. It's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, here's my here's my real number one. So no, if I didn't go Batman first, I knew Sammy was going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my real number That's one. That's why you use that strategery. Huh? Strategery. That's right. Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. I am so pumped to get back into Miles' universe. Yeah, I it's going to be yours. And I love, I don't understand why he's doing it, but I love that Miguel is beating the stuffing out of Miles. <laughs> I just I can't wait to see why that's happening. You know, considering how highly I think all three of us hold Spider Verse, uh, that's that's going to be a, a such a good flip. Definitely up there. Look, looking forward to seeing where that goes. Um, all righty, all right. This is this is tough because it's like, do I go with my heart or do I want to try to like really get some good stuff going on? Um, okay, I'm going with Moon Knight. This is a character I know hardly nothing about, but I love the look of the character. I think Oscar Isaac is going to be amazing in this role. Um, so since you took, you know, DC's Batman, I'm going to take Marvel's Batman. If, if they do anything, uh, there's a couple of really good Moon Knight runs. And if they go with, uh, especially the Lemire version, we're in for a great time. It's really interesting. And I'll scrap that off my list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to take my second pick to infinity and beyond. Uh, the Lightyear prequel, uh, the origin of Buzz as, you know, portrayed by Captain America himself, Chris Evans. I just think it's going to be a ton of fun. Anytime you let Pixar loose, I'm interested to see what they do. And, you know, you you, you have this crazy character, Buzz Lightyear, uh, you know, exploring the, the universe uh, against uh, protecting us from the Emperor Zerg. Uh, you know, I, I'm really really want to see this and my kids are jazzed about it too so i think we'll all have a ton of fun with that and your kids are the perfect age mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah all right i can't believe I, I can't believe this is still on the board guys um stranger things four I'm, is it really happening i'll believe it when i see it i'm sorry <laughs> I, I want it so bad but i'll believe it when i see it we, we got that weird teaser where David Harbour was digging in Russian Canada. Um, <laughs> and then we saw the kids in a haunted house. And so I, it looks like it's happening and I need it to happen. I need it to happen soon. And I'm really, really, really excited. Stranger Things 4. I like it. All right. My last one is what I know nobody even cares about other than me. Uh, so <laughs> in my, my top 10, I mentioned that with the animated Doctor Who episodes, all of them to this point have been second Doctor, Patrick Trout. We are getting our first, first Doctor story to be animated in 2022, and that will be Galaxy 4. So I'm really excited to see what they can do with William Hartnell's years as the Doctor in animated form. Right. You're right. Nobody else cares about you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sam. I can't. Hey, 
I got to stay true. I've got DC, I've got Marvel, and I've got Doctor Who. I've hit, I've hit the main bases. It's your draft board, bud. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know my draft board is safe from uh, Sammy. Maybe not Jane, but I'm safe from Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm free of the Doctor Who. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, uh, something I'm looking forward to, and we don't have to wait until next year, but I'm really anticipating this coming out in just a couple weeks uh, from where we're recording now. But Matrix Resurrections, where are they going to go with this? I'm anticipating this so much just because how is this story going to work? Where are we going to land? What happened at the end of Revolutions? I thought we were done, but apparently we're not. So, but, you know, we get more Matrix. We get more Keanu and Carrie Anne, so I'm game. That would have been in my list, my list except we said that we were drafting for next year. Yeah, I, I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. Wait. I'm cheating again. I just can't. Wait. <laughs> Dwayne, I had three of those on my list, and Matrix was there also. If I felt like I was felt like swerving to cheat, so yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I did. I had to put Matrix, and I got you know Spider Man on here. He knows a yeah. short list, and you know, but yeah, I, I just can't wait to see these. Well, any other, are there any honorable mentions that hurt you not to draft? Did you want to throw out? I've got to cheat. Okay, the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. yeah, it's coming right at the end of the year. And it's the 29th, man. It's it's that close to that's, 2022. Yeah, so it's on there. So that's uh, this Christmas, at least. So. Mine was Miss Marvel. Um, if somebody had grabbed one of my the three I got, that was the fourth one. I was wanting to get three of the four. Um, I'm really excited for Miss Marvel. Yeah, um, I know I talked about Thor, but I'm also interested in, in Doctor Strange. Yeah, that's on my list too. Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Yep. I, I, okay, here, I'm, I'm going to throw out two honorable mentions that you all should have mentioned. Um, Sammy, I can't believe you didn't mention the Flash movie. <sighs> it's on my list. <laughs> it's on my list. <laughs> okay, Dwayne, here's the one for you. Death on the Nile. Yeah. It was it was on the list, yeah. yeah. It it yeah, it was it's it's kind of low on there, but it's on the list. I kind of picked some things that I'm really more interested uh, in. You know, I, I'm I'm kind of pretty sure I'll dig Death on the Nile, but I, but I've got some things like I, I'm really interested in like how is Lightyear going to turn out? Where is Love and Thunder going to land? You know, I, I I know the know the Death on the Nile story. I think it's going to be good, and so so I try to get a few more things that were kind of like hmm. I'm really curious. Yeah. The one thing I am really curious about that I want to mention, I just found out about is the Halo series. Hmm, yeah, I just, just seen some stuff about that. Yeah, that looks uh, that looks like a lot of fun. Maybe a decade too late. But. Yeah, a bit late. <laughs> you know, it's a, well, now, I'll tell you what, my kids are really, you know, and like you said, you know, there's a perfect age, they're 9 and 11. You know, they're just now discovering and are really kind of into Halo. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, so it's still a thing, apparently. I thought Fortnite had crushed Halo. I thought that was mm-hmm. in the rear view. Well, the the only other honorable mention I had, guys, is pretty much really this time next year. And that's the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I want to see what James Gunn does coming back to the <laughs> Guardians for a Christmas special. I can't wait. <laughs> 
prediction time. Bonkers. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> bonkers. Yes, that's exactly what that's going to be. Bonkers. Talk about a multiverse. Yeah, that's going to be bonkers. <laughs> well, speaking of bonkers, tell, tell the listeners what we're doing next week, Dwayne. Well, yeah, I was going to say, speaking of bon- uh, Christmas special <laughs> and bonkers, you know, we're, we're doing a little bit of an experiment. Uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, I guess I thought, you know, what the dickens? Let's go ahead and pick a Christmas carol. And uh, <clears throat> I, I thought it would be really interesting to not necessarily pick a version for us all to review, but for us to all go find a version of a Christmas Carol, and and come back with our with our thoughts uh, and and grades on you know whatever version we watched. I know we have everything from like the Barbie a Christmas Carol, the Muppets. You, know, you have the classic uh, Charles Dickens with uh, Scrooge, you know, George C. Scott. Yeah, you've got the Scrooge version. You have you know, the animated one. Uh, that Disney did not too long ago, so you know, I'm not, I, I'm not. I didn't go and look and see you know, how much each one was, where it was, uh, you know, streaming. But you know, guys, go searching, find a version. At, we'll come back next week and discuss Charles Dickens' classic, A Christmas Carol. And it will be a Christmas miracle if this works out really well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is either going to be really fun or really bad. <laughs> it's either going to be a stroke of genius or or a or a hot mess. <laughs> Sometimes the hot messes make for good episodes. We'll see how it goes. This sure. is true. This is true. Well, as we uh, as we go searching, Jamie, what are we going to do? We're going to be uh, finding four leaf clovers, rubbing rabbit foots, whatever we have to do to make sure that next week's movie doesn't stink as we keep it nerdy. I'm like, dude.